This morning, the scripture text is from the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. Let us listen to God's word. For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body, in the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, may your spirit move upon us this morning, opening up our minds and our hearts and shaping our wills so that we would hear a word of truth from you and allow that truth to so permeate our very being that we are transformed. And we go out from this place, changed people, with a real vision and a desire to take the light of Christ and share it with our world. And so speak to us, Lord, we pray in the name of Christ, who is the Word. Amen. Did you know that one of our greatest presidents spent much of his life trying to take the broken pieces of his shattered dreams and put them back together again? If you want to learn something about perseverance, consider this great, that this great statement and leader lost not one election, but eight elections. He twice failed in business and suffered a nervous breakdown. He was born into poverty and lost his mother at a very early age. His hope was to attend law school, but he couldn't get in, and so he borrowed money from a friend to start a business. And by the end of the year, his first year in that business, he was bankrupt. And he spent the next 17 years of his life paying off that debt. A couple of years after his bankruptcy, he was engaged to be married to a lovely woman, but his fiancée died, and his heart was broken. So he suffered again another nervous breakdown and was confined to bed for the next six months. Some years later, he ran for Congress. He won. He served well his first term, but he ran again, and he lost his bid for re-election. So he was pretty dejected. So he returned to his home state, decided to seek 
the position of land officer, uh, but he was not elected to that position either. A year later, he ran for the Senate. He lost. And two years after that, he sought the vice presidential nomination at his party's national convention. And at that convention, he received less than 100 votes. But finally... In 1860, Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States. Now, if Donald Trump had been around, he probably would have called him weak, low energy, and a loser. (laughs) But he wasn't there then. We never know what's going to happen to us, do we, in this life as we get hammered by the different things that come our way. After losing a Senate race, Lincoln once said, quote, The path was worn and slippery. My foot slipped from under me, knocking the other out of the way. But I recovered and said to myself, it's a slip and not a fall. So if anybody was ever what I call a cracked pot, it was Abraham Lincoln. A man who was broken by the harsh realities and staggering setbacks and challenges that often come to us in life. But the miracle is that he not only recovered and persevered, but that he eventually achieved greatness while acknowledging and accepting and dealing with his own brokenness. And I think that his life is a a vivid portrait of a very important spiritual truth, and it is this. That when the pieces of a broken vessel are cemented back together, that vessel can be stronger than it was before. The Apostle Paul knew that. The Apostle knew one thing, Apostle Paul knew one thing more. He knew that we who follow Jesus Christ are what he called earthen vessels. I call us crack pots. Filled with the treasure of God's grace, God's light, God's truth, God's spirit. And God in his wisdom chooses to invest his very self and his truth in frail, perishable, imperfect containers. Cracked pots. Now I think that in itself is something to think deeply about. It's a grand miracle in and of itself. Of course, Paul was using a figure of speech, we understand that, to describe a spiritual reality. But think about it. We are not really clay pots, but human beings created in the the image of God. But Paul is reminding us in his own way that that divine image has been marred and misshapen by sin and self-will. We're fragile. We're flawed. We're easily chipped and shattered. But the miracle is that God places this wondrous treasure of the good news of his truth and his light and the Holy Spirit, not in a crush-proof box, but in a flawed, fragile human being and in a flawed and fragile and imperfect church. And he did this so that, quoting from Paul in verse 7, it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us, from you or from me. I like the way the message translates this text. It says we carry this precious message 
around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. Yeah, keeps us humble, doesn't it? All of us struggle at times, don't we? We all do. Some of you are struggling right now. Most of us are dealing with some kind of challenge in life that is uh, affecting us in some way. Sometimes we have doubts about our faith. Sometimes we're filled with overwhelming fears and troubled by perplexing questions. No matter how good our intentions, we find that we make mistakes. We fail both ourselves and other people as well as God. But the miracle is that the power of God is revealed most fully, not in our strength or our successes, but in our weaknesses, in the cracks in our lives. I remember the first miracle that I ever saw in a traditional Presbyterian church. I was living in Glendale, California while attending seminary, and during the morning worship service at the church I served as senior high youth director, a man was invited to stand and to come and come to the pulpit and speak about his spiritual journey and his relationship with God. And he stood behind the lector, and I didn't know who he was, never seen him before, really. He stood behind the lector, and he says, Hello, my name is Mark, and I'm one of God's miracles. Now, I'd never heard anything like that in the Presbyterian Church. So it got my attention. Mark gazed out at the congregation, and then he said, I'm one of God's miracles because I'm here today standing before you as a recovering alcoholic. And I'm telling you, you could have heard a pin drop as Mark then went on to share in a humble but powerful way his own story of recovery, his story of powerlessness in the face of a devastating disease which introduced him to the deep meaning and life-changing experience of the grace of God. Through his brokenness, he discovered the gospel. His story is the miracle of a cracked pot. And although the details may be different, guess what? It's your story, and your story, and your story, and it's my story as well. Why? Because it's the story of salvation. It's the story of being lost and then found. It's the story of the broken vessel that is one day made whole and stronger than it was before. It's a story of how God the potter can take a marred and misshapen vessel and reshape it into something beautiful. The miracle of a cracked pot is a story of a God who is absolutely faithful and relentless in his love for fallen and broken humanity. It is a story of a God who redeems. A God who does something for us that we can never do for ourselves. So whatever pain we bear, whatever fears threaten to overwhelm us, whatever sadness fills our lives, whatever failures there are that continue to haunt us, I call it those things that 
we're still paying rent on in our heads. We know what those are. Whatever attitudes that we want to change, relationships we wish were healthier, God, in his, by his grace and his power, can take those broken pieces and through the miracle of his healing, transforming, empowering spirit can do something wondrous and new. In fact, Paul says, create a whole new person. Even so, as human beings, we know we'll, we're going to continue to fail, right? We'll fail today, no doubt. We will make wrong decisions and poor choices. We'll say the wrong thing at the wrong moment. We'll bring pain to another person's heart. Sometimes we'll fail to be the people of God as the church of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we'll lack vision for the future. Sometimes uh, we will fail to be the people God wants us to be because we're too comfortable or too frightened or too selfish or too limited in our understanding. But in those moments, I hope we remember this truth that Paul is communicating. This miracle that God entrusts the treasure of the gospel, the good news, in jars of clay and cracked pots. And the second part of the miracle of a cracked pot is that having been set on a new path, the very weakness, the commonness of the vessel, our full humanity, becomes the evidence of the power of God. Think about the church, the messy, broken vessel that the church of Jesus Christ is and always will be. I've had conversations with sometimes colleagues, and I've thought about this for many, many years, about the fact that if it weren't for the power and grace of God and the presence of God's Spirit, the church should have died out hundreds of years ago. Literally. And we sometimes look around the church and what's happening, not only in our denomination and in other mainline denominations, but in churches in general, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, and we moan and groan and we're fearful about what's going to happen and our anxiety increases. And we forget about 2,000 plus years of church history and what the church has been through. And we forget about the fact that even though the church is a messy place, even though it's full of cracked pots, and it's in a way one giant cracked pot, God can take this common broken vessel fill it with the gospel and the power of the Spirit and make it evidence of God's presence and power and hope and light in the world. Amen. Now, it's easy for any of us <coughs> excuse me, to become our own worst critic, right? And if that's where you find yourself this morning, then I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage all of us together as a church, of course, but I want to remind you that the miracle of a crackpot says that God reveals his true self, his true nature, his grace and love, his peace and hope, his truth through fragile, broken people, all crackpots like you and me. I just can't say that too often because it's so important if we're going to live faithfully in this broken world. And God chooses to do this. Why, Paul says? So that we will give God all the glory as we realize 
that the power to be the people God intends us to be and to live in a new way is from who? God alone. It's not about us coming up with great ideas or strategies or pulling ourselves together, trying to put ourselves together and make something happen. It's about the power of God unleashed in our lives and unleashed in our church. And all of this, of course, is the grand miracle of God's grace. What is grace? Well, we can define grace in many ways, but certainly grace is the gift to begin again. Grace reminds us that God does not inspect, expect or require perfection if we wish to be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. Grace can never be earned. It can never be deserved. It can never be achieved. Grace says that God does something for each of us that we are completely and utterly powerless to do for ourselves. John Calvin, our theological forefather, he talked about total depravity and and all of that. I don't think he was really saying that we're totally rotten. He was saying that every aspect of our lives is touched by sin and impacted by sin. We are broken vessels. But thanks be to God that God, in his love and his wisdom, chooses to shower upon us his grace and do something for us that we cannot ever do for ourselves. The gospel. You know what gospel means, right? Good news. Good news, best news, news that the world needs to hear. It's the grand announcement that we are saved, made whole by grace, which we accept through faith in Jesus Christ. That gospel word has never changed. Our circumstances might change. Our culture might change. The way the church looks might change a little bit. But that gospel never changes. It's pure gift. And we live each day by staking our very lives and the life of our congregation on the reality of grace. So that gospel, the treasure entrusted to we who are every one of us, let's go ahead and admit it, we're crackpots. It says that God is never going to stop loving you. That God will never, ever give up on you. That God will never abandon you Or turn his face from you. And what he says about you as an individual, he says also about his church. God will never say, oh, you're just an old crack pot. I tried, but you're too marred, too misshapen, too dusty, all dinged up, and thus far too common for my purposes. Besides, you can't seem to get it right, no matter what I do for you. Guess what? God's never going to say that. Your friends might give up on you. You might give up on yourself. Your family might give up on you. Your boss might give up on you. The people in this church, or whatever church you happen to attend, might give up on you. But God never will. God is faithful. And the miracle of the crackpot is that God chooses in his wisdom to work through every defect, every imperfection, through all of 
our humanity for our good and for his glory. We all know that the world can be a hard place, full of enormous challenges and unexpected setbacks. Paul knew that. In fact, Paul was really honest about his struggles, especially in this text. Look what he says. He says, you know, we experience affliction, and that means a situation of confusion or frustration. We get perplexed, meaning that we experience sometimes feelings of doubt or disillusionment and insecurity when we're facing certain circumstances. He says we get struck down, which basically means we get rejected, and we get that devastating feeling that we've been shoved aside and we're not important any longer. He says all of that is true because that's the way the world is. And we are cracked pots, and so we fail, and we struggle, and we doubt, and we fear. But again, he reminds us, and think about that story about Lincoln, that the miracle of the cracked pot reassures us that failure is never final with God, that it's the courage to continue that makes all the difference. So when we're afflicted, confused, under crushing pressure, we can... Lean into the loving embrace of a God of grace, a God who is faithful. We can always remember, and I hope you always remember this, and I try to remember this, that as Paul says in Romans 8, all things work together for good. And that what you experience as difficulty or heartache or failure is part of the way God shapes us. It's part of the school of the Spirit enlarging and strengthening us for the journey ahead. Always remember that God is in the business of mending cracked pots. He always has been. He always will be. The miracle of the cracked pot is that the power of God is revealed not in strength but in weakness, not in the sensational but in the ordinary, not just on the mountaintop, but in the valley, not only in the success, but also in struggle and even in defeat. So let me ask you again. As you're sitting here this morning, you feel like a crackpot, even a little bit? Then hear the good news. God is looking for a crackpot just like you. Let's pray. Almighty and gracious God, we are so, so grateful that our faithfulness in life and what you have to do through us and in us as individuals in this church does not depend on our abilities or perfections or any of that. But it's all of your grace. It's all of the power of your spirit. And we are so grateful that you never give up on us and you never give up on your church. That you are present. That you can be counted on to never leave or forsake us. That your love is relentless. And you promise to take whatever brokenness there is in our lives and put it all back together and create of it something new. May it be so for us as individuals. May it be so for us as a congregation. And we pray this 
In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.